welcome back to another episode of Motivate. I'm your host, Jefferson Coe, and today's episode will be the third part of the importance of new experiences. As my time in Spain was coming to an end, a lot of emotions were going through me. I learned a lot about myself and the world, and part of me was not ready to return to the United States. This trip marked the completion of my degree, and I was officially in in an era of something new for my life. Now with college complete, I have a lot to think about and figure out. This trip really opened up my mind to the realization that this world is full of opportunities. Another conclusion I found was that if I want to really get good at something, I have to make it a part of my lifestyle. And of course, experiencing another perspective of life has drastically changed mine. Those are the three topics that I want to discuss in this episode. So let's bring this three-part mini-series to an end because by now I'm sure you all know the importance of new experiences. Now, everyone says the world is full of opportunities. It sounds so cliche, right? But that statement has never been more true to me since I left Spain. Towards the end of my trip, I realized many things. College was officially over for me. I was going back home to begin my job search and I could possibly return to Spain in the future. A lot of a lot was racing through my mind and the realization that my undergraduate years of college came to an end was a big window. Because after college, you are no longer in the structure of a school system. You are literally on your own and you can make whatever you want out of your life moving forward. Adjusting to that way of living was hard and I would say that I am still adjusting to it now. For 21 years of my life, I had kind of understood what the next chapter for me was, but now it's like I get to write my own story. When you think about it, that is pretty cool, but it can be daunting sometimes too. During my last week in Spain, I really kicked up the experiences and got out of my room even more. I used up just about all of my euros on my favorite ice cream and went to the beach a couple of more times. And of course, I walked around the city and just took in the opportunities, took in the experiences that I had to just be in Spain and and taken the surroundings. I think about it now and I'm like, man, that was a beautiful place and I really would love to go back. And experiencing that trip made me realize that I really could, you know, like I, I, I was given the opportunity to actually come back and I don't know if the opportunity is still, I don't know if it's expired yet or not, but I would I would love to to go back and just, you know, do experience that that part of the world again. Because once you go out of your country for the first time, like you realize that the possibilities are really endless. And I'm not just saying that because it's like a different country and you never grew up there and I'm just glorifying it or something, but no like even in the United States, the possibilities are endless. And this trip just made me realize that like, I, I can speak Spanish and I can keep working at it and, and practicing it. And I can um, travel and go to new parts of the world and live there. I proved it to myself that I could live and take care of myself in Spain um, and travel by myself because like I said in the first part, I, I was alone. Like Our trip didn't require all of us to take the same plane ride 
and get out there, you know. And so that was a challenge to um, and to me in it of itself, in it, you know. And all of that just taught me, like this entire trip has taught me that, like the possibilities and opportunities are endless. And that's what that's why I want to go into my second part where I want to explain how if I want to get good at something, it has to become a part of my lifestyle. Like I stated in part one or two, I think, I don't, I don't know which one it was, but I had a hard time with my Spanish while I was out there. And class was not easy. Like I was studying all the time. I was I was practicing speaking with Menendo and um, my host mom, Maria. I was I was all constantly trying to practice my Spanish. And while I was out there, I realized that being in that I had to I had to make Spanish a part of my lifestyle. If I really, truly want to get better at it and I really want to become a fluent Spanish speaker, because even now I still like I, I would consider myself much better than what I was while I was in, Sp- in Spain, because since I left Spain, I still have been practicing every day. But I still wouldn't consider myself fluent. My definition of fluency would be when you are able to fully express your own self completely in, in, in another language and be able to like just talk about how you feel, talk about a conversation, keep the conversation going and comprehend what the other person is saying. And so I feel like I, I still have work to do to get to that point, but I will say that I have improved a lot because that I have been applying Spanish to my daily life, even if it's even if it's only by like just a couple of minutes of studying. Like when I first left Spain, my first return back to the United States, I was dedicating a full hour in the mornings to Spanish and I really felt like I was improving even with without being in a in a Spanish speaking country. And um and simply just being in Spain that long made me realize that if I really want something a part of my life, I have to, I really want to be good at something, I want, I have to make it a part of my life, and, um, and so that's why I'm still striving, and that's why I'm still practicing every day, because, like I said, I am, I am a a Spanish speaker, I'm gonna just say it out there now, like, affirmations, guys, we already, (laughs) we already know the importance of that, uh, the importance of that, but I am a Spanish speaker, and in order for me to fully realize that affirmation, I need to continue allowing Spanish into my life. And so by doing that, I, I like I said, I bought a Spanish book. I practice every day. I use Duolingo. Um, and I just, I have to do a better job at making that, making that a habit more. Like, it's a habit already for me. To just go on my phone and like go on Duolingo, uh, whenever whenever I'm just not doing anything. But I need to go back to how I was when I first returned to the United States, and um, really really have some time to to practice Spain. I mean, <laughs> Spanish, not Spain, y'all. Now, my third takeaway from from my experience in Spain was. 
realizing that experiencing different perspectives can be life changing. Um, even as small as like just the things that I that I eat now. Um, one thing that we used to eat in Spain for lunch was a, a, a type of egg sandwich. <laughs> it was an egg sandwich. And um, uh, it was so good. Like, it was different. It had, like, eggs, cheese, um, lettuce, tomatoes. Like, it was an actual, like, burger, but to- on toasted bread and with a scramble or, no, flipped over egg. No, it wasn't flipped. It was, like, an omelet. And um, it was so good. And now I find myself making an omelet sandwich every day for breakfast, even though that for them, like an egg sandwich would be like a lunch thing, like their breakfast and breakfast, lunch and dinner is so different in Europe as a whole. Like they eat light that breakfast is their lunch is their biggest um, meal. And then dinner is more like breakfast It's like kind of light and. For me, as an American, we eat so much. <laughs> we eat so much here. So I really, from the first couple of weeks, I really felt like I was starving. Like I was constantly, whenever in between classes, I would go down the street, leave the school, go down the street to a bakery, buy me some bread. Like I was, <laughs> it was not enough. I'm not going to lie to y'all. But um, after a while, like towards the end of the trip, I was not being, feeling as hungry. And um, I was starting to eat like, normally for a for a Spain a Spaniard <laughs> but um but yeah like that experience changed my perspective of life and I'm and I realized like even if it's as small as what I eat in the morning like that egg sandwich be like I I be killing that thing <laughs> like it's good I put the cheese in the inside and everything but that's not the point but th- it was other ways that that trip had changed my whole entire perspective like for instance um just realizing that as far as different career paths that I could take with Spanish as a skill, um, Spanish speaking as a skill, like I was like, dang, I could really come back here and maybe possibly teach English if I improve my Spanish even more. And like, I could live out here a little bit longer. And, um, there's other programs that I learned of from my, from the UH faculty about like a Fulbright. It's like a program where you can go and study in another country and it's like I think it's a government um, funded program so like it's something that's offered to everyone in the United States and um, I was like man I want to now at the time when I first learned about it I was still in Spain and I was like I'm kind of already experiencing my first out of country experience Um, I don't I don't really want to look into something like that right now but now I'm starting to like it's been months since I've left Spain. I'm like yearning for another, another abroad experience. And I'm like looking into it. I'm like, man, this would be cool. And so I will look into it. (laughs) I will um, apply and see what happens. See where, see where the Lord takes me. Um, but yeah, um, the whole entire Spain trip just like taught me so, so much. And like I said in the last episode, I have to talk about my last day in Spain because that was possibly the hardest day that I had while I was out there. Um, so like like traveling to Spain, we all had to get like our own separate planes. And, and on the way back, we had to have our own separate tickets and planes and all that. 
And so it was our responsibility to get to wherever we needed to go. So if we once they got us to Sevilla, um, it was like, you know, make it home safely. Good luck. <laughs> it was that's what it felt like. And um, so once I got to Sevilla, the worst, scariest thing happened to me while I was there. And I don't know how well I really didn't keep it together. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna hold like hold y'all like when this okay, let me explain what happened. So I got to the airport and um for some reason I okay, so I bought my my like my, my round trip ticket. I bought a round trip ticket way back in like April or, or early April um twenty twenty two. And um, so I was like, okay, cool. And then my, my round trip ticket said to be in Sevilla at a certain time. And I was there at a certain time to get on my, my connector flight, get on my flight to go to Madrid, which is the connector flight. And then from Madrid, I would go back home. And I made it to Sevilla at the time, on time. And I got there and they were like, where's your confirmation number? And I was like, um, the ticket's right here. Like, can't you just pull it up? Because, mind you, the day before, no, like a week before when I was looking at my emails, I was like, it's kind of strange, but they never sent me like a, a confirmation email with the confirmation number, with the boarding pass and all that on there. Um, so, but I didn't think too much into it because, like I said, I was, it was during my last week and I was like, maybe they'll just send it to me later or closer to the flight. But they never did. So I was like, okay, cool. As long as I just get to the airport and we can figure it out, figure it out from there. Because I know they can probably just pull it up on their system, blah, blah, blah. But I was wrong. <laughs> what I should have did at that time, I should have called them the day that I noticed it and the day that I had suspicion. And I should have been like, hey, what's going on? I bought this ticket in April. Why? I, I still don't have a confirmation number. What is going on? But I didn't do that. So I waited like the like an irresponsible young adult which is what i am <laughs> sometimes um i went there and i was like hey um can i get my boarding pass and they were like no and i was like why not and this is all in english because in the airports um airports they if you work in an airport you kind of have to be bilingual because there's so many people that's coming from so many different places in the world and so like you have to kind of cater to to people because like if, if there's a situation i'm not finna try to translate to no spanish you like look the, i am in a situation right now and i need to communicate effectively and i'm going to use the best language that i know so work with me please and so <laughs> that's that type of tone and like i i was basically in a situation where they were claiming that i did not have a ticket because it was not showing up on their system and I was like, well, there must be something wrong. And mind you, I had I was there like a good three hours early because our bus left at like six in the morning. Um, and we had made it to Sevilla and like how long was that trip? I can't even remember, but it wasn't that long. Like my flight was around like one PM. And so that means I had a lot of downtime to figure out what was going on with this with this um with this ticket. And so I, I, um, we were like going back and forth. I was like, bro, why, why isn't this not showing up? Like, who do I need to call? What do I need to do? I was calling different airline companies. I was doing everything I could. I called American airlines. I called, 
what's it called the the airlines in Spain that they that American Airlines was partnering with for my tickets, and both of them was like call American Airlines or call uh, Iberia or call American Airlines, and I'm like I'm calling both of y'all and both of y'all don't know what was going on, but my theory is because <clears throat> they were saying that I never bought a ticket, but I'm sitting there showing them a, uh, my American Airlines app. With the ticket showing that I had bought one, and I'm supposed to get on the plane on that flight at 1:15 p.m. I believe that's what that that was the time. And uh, but both of them were saying, "Oh, we don't see you in the system, so you're just gonna have to buy a new ticket." And I'm like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" You know, I'm like at this point, I really like I said, I really wasn't doing the best at holding my emotions together because. I I wasn't like screaming or going off with anybody, but it was just like, bro, what? Like, the, just imagine being in Spain, another country, all the way across the Atlantic Ocean, and you're and this is your last chance to get home. Like, this is the only chance. Like, you don't have the UH faculty, the school to come and back you up. Like, after this, and I think like your insurance, your flight insurance, your travel insurance expires July first. And the next day is July 2nd, and you're like, um, what the heck am I supposed to do? And so all of these emotions were just hitting me all at once. Like, all of these realizations and, and like, bro, am I going to have to go back to my host mom? I texted my host mom, and I was like, hey, um, for some reason I can't get on my plane. Like, I was already coming up with backup plans. Like, and then the people were saying that, like, oh, something must have... Like I, my theory is something must have went down, went wrong in the system, um, for them to like like some type of glitch or something. I don't know, but my my real conspiracy theory is that they probably had somebody else that was offering offering more money, and they probably just like gave up my seat for it because you know American, not American, but airlines can can be a little shady sometimes. That's just my conspiracy theory. But my normal theory is that there was just a glitch in the system. And for some reason, I just didn't show up. And so um, so I'm sitting there crying, like not crying, but like tears are rolling out and down my eyes. I'm trying to keep it together. And I'm like, dude, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Now, I'm trying to get to the point, like, how is this experience in different perspectives of life can be life changing? Well, this is a different perspective, I guess, I guess. Like, let's let's just add this to, let's add a new topic for this story because I've already kind of explained how experience in different perspectives can be life-changing, but let's just say, like, this is an extra, an extra takeaway for this episode because in this moment, I literally had to go into survival mode, fight or flight, um, make a plan, survive, really. Like, so I guess the this fourth takeaway could be... Um, just adjusting to your situation the best way you can and in and trying the best way to get back to where you're trying to be like make whatever you want happen the best way you can given the circumstances that you that you are in and so like i said i'm talking to people on the phone and they're like this guy all this dude is trying to do is get me to refund my my ticket which I still didn't completely understand because, like I said, um, <laughs> young adult didn't really. I don't really fly that often, 
I do I have flown before, but this is the first time that this problem has ever happened to me. So people can be in the situation and be like, oh, I would have did this, would have did that. Like I'm one of those people. I'll be like, oh, I would have did this, I would have did that. But you have never been in the actual situation. So how would you truly react unless you've rehearsed it before? That's why we rehearse um, exit plans whenever there's like a fire or a tornado or like just emergency plans whenever things happen because we don't want to be in panic mode whenever something out of our control happens. And so that's what happened to me. I was in panic mode. I was like, I look, look, I'm, I'm sitting here arguing with the person on the phone talking about like, why, why is there not? And then I have, I had my friend, one of the other um, UH students with me. She was like, whenever I couldn't physically speak because tears were rolling out of my eyes and I was trying to hold back like crying she would speak for me and she would like explain like I hands down very like I really appreciate I really appreciate my um my UH friends that went out there with me and the 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 friendships that we created while we were there um because she was on the phone literally arguing them down like she was my mama I kid you not (laughs) like she was like, well, he bought a ticket in April, um, and you're t- and something's happening about like with his ticket, he can't get home. He's trying to get home. Is there anything that we can do without him having to buy a brand new ticket? And so I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm like so angry. Like just thinking of putting myself back in that situation, thinking about it now, I'm like, dang, that was low key traumatizing to be there and feeling like, dang, I'm by myself for real. If I don't figure out what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna miss my flight. Anyway, we're still arguing, and the guy is just, like, so head on me trying to offer me another ticket. And so, like, he refunds the initial ticket, which didn't really make sense to me because it wasn't fully, um, it wasn't fully, um, like, done. Like, it was a round-trip ticket, so there's no, like, I don't know. Like, that was a traumatizing experience for me. And the guy ultimately ended up offering me another ticket for like a discounted price because he quote unquote refunded my ticket, my initial ticket. And so I had still had to come out of pocket and I was heated. I was heated. And at this point, the next flight was the next day. So I had to find a place to stay. And so this is where the whole adapting to your situation really comes into play. Um, because like I said, like I really had to just get it together because at the end of that phone call, like I was just, I, I, I felt completely hopeless. Like my plane had already left. I was in Spain. My, my, uh, UH friends were, were getting ready to go to their flight. I was by myself and I literally felt hopeless, but I just had to suck it up <laughs> I had to suck it up, and I was like, you know what? Okay, it's time to go get a taxi, find a place to stay for tonight. i got to stay in Sevilla because i got to be right back at this. Um, he basically gave me the exact same ticket before the next day. And I'm like, how is that available? Like, how did you magically make an extra ticket available? Because normally you would have, at, at this at the price, discounted price that he gave me, because normally normally you would have to, buy tickets months in advance you know but um uh, apparently a new ticket just magically appeared if he could have then done that why didn't he do that for the plane that i was supposed to be on anyway 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 i took a taxi or was it a bus i don't know it was it was a taxi i took a taxi 
to the nearest hotel. I bought a hotel room for that night. Luckily, everything in Europe is like super duper cheap. <laughs> Not super cheap, but you can find like really, really cheap places to to live and stay and travel because if not, then I would have been stuck out of luck. Like, I had already just used a lot of money for that next plane ticket. But, um, but yeah, like, I went to a um, hotel, stayed over the night, called my, called my dad. Oh, and that's another thing. I was, like, I was calling my dad throughout the whole situation. But uh, I don't know what was going on, <laughs> like, with the, with the signal or the connection. I just couldn't get a hold of him. Um, so that was also scary too because I rely a lot on my on my dad. Um, I feel like I'm really trauma dumping right now from this <laughs> from this experience. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, <laughs> but yeah, like it was it was crazy. I stayed in the hotel the night and I had to wake up super early for the next day. I've literally had to find the bus in the morning. Um, and make it to the bus on time. I almost missed it. I'm not going to lie because I was at the wrong bus stop for the whole time. Then I realized that the, a couple minutes before the bus got there, I realized I was at the wrong bus stop. So I had to go to the, another bus stop. And so I got to that one on time. And then um, I made it to the airport, got to the plane, made it to, to Madrid, got on my next plane. I was At this point, the next day, I was not making I made sure that whatever I could control, there was going to be no mistakes. There was going to be nothing out of the ordinary that was going to catch me off guard, that was going to, um, you know, prevent me from getting home. And so I made sure, ooh, excuse me, y'all. I made sure that I got on the flight uh, when I went, when I got to Madrid and I made it back home. Whew. When I tell y'all that those last two days were like stressful, like <laughs> that, that was, that was something that I would Zero out of ten, definitely do not recommend that type of experience, that type of travel experience. Like, like, and that's just something that literally, I literally could not uh, control. And then, obviously, now that I'm home and I'm, you know, I'm safe, I'm happy. But it was just something that, like, that was probably the least favorite thing that happened about my trip. And like I said, when I first got in, it was hard trying to get there, you know, by myself. And, and leave by myself so it was it was it was a lot and a lot of people were like texting me in the group chat like jeff what happened like did you make it on your plight i literally was not texting back because when i tell you my emotions i i just anytime anybody would ask me what was going on i just could not explain the entire situation in that moment like i was too distraught and too overwhelmed by by my feelings of hopelessness and ang- anger and and fear um i was just too overwhelmed by all of that to really just explain like the only people that could really talk like explain the entire story were the the other u.s students that were there right there with me in that same airport because if anybody else texted me or like or asked was going why did i miss my flight i'm like look man i don't <laughs> i don't feel like talking about it right now but um but yeah, like other than that, Spain was truly, truly an amazing experience, and I would definitely travel again. Like that whole experience of trying to get back home, it would not deter me from traveling again. You know, like I just it's a it's a bad experience that I learned from, and it's something that I know. Like this time, I need to, what will I do next time? 
what could I do next time? Honestly, I'm still trying to figure that out today. Um, this is something that I just I need to understand, like the policies and what what am I buying and like what am I, you know, what type of ticket is it like? I just need to understand everything. Did I get my confirmation email? Did I get the whatever else I need? Anything, any barcode that I need to scan? Any other travel information that I need? And so now I'm like, I'm glad that I, that I experienced that traumatizing event. Would I ever want to experience again? Definitely not, because that that was that was not that was not fun. But um, but yeah. That that was all just that was my entire Spain trip from beginning to end. I, honestly, there was there's so much more that I would love to talk about, um, but this episode is already like amazingly long. Like this is this is this is too long for these three part episodes. But anyway, that will be all for this episode. If you like what I discussed today, please follow and subscribe on all platforms and drop a review, as all of those things can and will help the podcast reach more people. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram at Motivate with Jefferson Co. for more inspirational and motivational content like this. As always, I have a lot more to share and a lot more to learn. So feel free to tune into the next episode. Thank you.